there's a lot of discipline and there's a lot of energy. Yeah. And so when you, it's just like a pressure washer, you know, when you funnel a lot of energy through a tight window of discipline, you can get a very strong thing come out of it. Hey everybody, and welcome to Slow Smoke Business. I'm Jared Morgan. And today we got a, what do they call it back in the day when like Saturday mornings when it was a very special episode, a very special episode of Slow Smoke Business. We've got Hatton Smith here, guys, and a lineup of liquor bottles when you know it's, it's probably going to be some trouble for this episode. Hatton, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. So uh, we are starting to do more uh, in the backyard palace here, having people hang out, and I can think of nobody better to start this off with than uh, my new buddy Hatton Smith. So Hatton is the CEO and founder, or is founder, I don't know if you're CEO, you're CEO, right? Sure. When you're, <laughs> so Hatton uh, is the brains and the heart behind Campesino Rum. And if you know anything about me, you know I'm a whiskey guy, but I will tell you, I was super uh, excited to learn that a guy here in this sort of region is actually doing a bunch of cool stuff with rum. Uh, and this isn't some like gimmicky whatever. This guy's got the street cred being down uh, where the stuff is made. So welcome to the show, Hatton. Thank you. We're going to get into your story and everything else. Also, Hatton is an international man of mystery. I don't know if you can do that, but like <laughs> these guys flies to other countries, wingsuits. You got to follow him on social media. He does. I thought he was when I first saw it, I was like, this guy's not real. Like. <laughs> he's not real. Like he's not. He's not a founder of a rum company, jumping off buildings, jumping out of airplanes. You know, attractive women. You like what's try it. Actually, <laughs> yes. Okay, I don't know. Um, but before we get going, I think we should make a drink, don't you? Yeah. I so think. lead me down the path here. What are we? What are we All doing? All right. Cool. So today we we've got. We'll start with an empty glass. But okay. you've made this. Yes. And so this is a recipe that I kind of sent you. It's. It's getting a little thick. Tell it? me it's butter. Yeah, it's uh, it's a rum glaze, and so it's butter, sugar, brown sugar, and uh, <laughs> and um, and rum and campesino rum. It sounds good. It's to getting me. a little getting a little soupy there. Yeah, isn't it? so we're gonna make essentially like a uh, homemade old fashioned. Yeah, and uh, a rum old fashioned. Yeah, homemade rum old fashioned. So we've got that glaze. And these are a little bit of your fancy bitters. Fancy bitters. So, guys, Campesino rum uh, has two different types. We've got the silver, and we've got the aged, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're gonna go. We're gonna go aged in this one, okay? Yep. So this would be an aged rum, old fashioned. Really, it's an aged rum uh, butter, old fashioned. With oh, yeah. this glaze, so it's gonna be really cool. Take your little glazing wand. Doctor approved. Yeah, we have not touched that to chicken yet, so. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. We hadn't think. <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing like a salmonella show, yeah. cocktail, hey, right? listen, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's I've right. definitely uh, had salmonella before. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, sure. Oh, jeez. Speaking yeah. of salmonella, we should get that raw chicken on the grill over there after we sip on this. Yeah? Yeah. All right. This is, uh, That's gonna oh, wow, be is that all for me? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not going to I'm not gonna get into it before. Uh, I probably should have microwaved that glaze. Uh, listen. It's getting a little... Yo. This is how we like to do it. <laughs> it's a nice paste. Yeah. So uh, a healthy spoon. Look out! Look how much he put in his. Right. Listen, you don't. So get I gave this you. I gave. Wait, I brought nothing. a spoon. We didn't oh, have really? to use the salmonella stick. You got to remember that uh, 
I'm used to jungle tactics, so. I so he literally, send it. the bio on Hatton says that he distilled this stuff and a distill, dis, a, what do you call that? Not a distillery, but a, uh, it was a still. Old, yeah, old, old, really refurbished uh, beer fermenter that this dude in Montana had slapped a, a column onto. And then... Uh, Yours looks way better. Yeah, than mine. <laughs> why is yours so chunky? I don't know. That's how we do it. Cheers, All right, brother. here we go. Cheers. Solid. Oh yeah, slam it down. It's pretty good. Wow. Pretty good. Kind of tastes like Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, there. I like that. I like that too. So tell the story. I want to get the chicken going. Let me. Uh, let me. So you found a still. You found a guy in Montana that had a still. Yeah, there was this, uh, there was this uh, dude in Montana, and he was manufacturing stills. And I'm not exactly sure why or really how he brought um, this rum still to this fa- this off-the-grid farm in Panama. Whoa. And so I was living down on this farm. and uh, was what, were you do- what were you doing down in Panama? You know, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really just kind of wanted to... Uh, to go live off the grid and I really wanted to get like deep into uh, the woods like as pretty pretty much as deep as I could and so that kind of led me to live on this farm no internet no electricity uh, like bathing in the river and I would take these pretty gnarly hikes like 30 miles in uh, to what's called the Chagres it's like a national forest down in Panama and we ended up starting setting up trail cams uh, for jaguars, and so there was a lot of jaguars in the area, and um, yeah, it, it kind of grew into like an obsession, like um, you know, nothing to do. I'm I like you know, no television at night, so you entertain yourself through different ways. And so I grew a very healthy obsession with uh, with hiking and like trying to get close to jaguars. And That's, uh, I don't I don't know if I would call that a healthy obsession of getting close to something that yeah. could definitely kill you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're majestic, how, too. How close is close? Um, the closest I ever got was one time I was cutting down a tree with a guy to build, like, a lean-to to, like, get out of the rain. <coughs> and uh, we were hacking at this, like, limb with a machete. And, like, right out of, like, the corner of my eye, I saw something small run across the ridgeline. So, like, more of, like, a ground mammal. I couldn't really see what it was. And then crashing out of the trees comes this gigantic gray blur. And I, I thought it was like a mountain lion because it was a, a, it was a puma versus, versus a jaguar. So down there you have uh, really four different looking cats. You have classic jaguar. You have the black jaguar, which is gorgeous, super rare, um, like two-tone black, still has spots. And then you have a gray puma and a black puma. And so this was a gray puma. And it's just running, shoulders over, paws, like, just darting after this thing. And uh, we hit the deck for a second and then eventually got up and followed it. And so that was, like, my first intro wow. to Big Cats. Was How old experience. were you at the time? Um, that was in 2013, so I was 19. <clears throat> wow. Yes. But, like... Uh, you know, the whole, you've seen like the Tiger King stuff yeah. and Carol Baskin, you know, like that obsession with big <laughs> cats. Like it's so real. Like it, it really is. So if you get close to him, you get, you get bit by the bug, right? Big cat energy. Big cat. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hold on. Are you for real? Like. I, that's how I feel. So, yeah, no, but so we, you are, you, you spent, how much time did you spend in Panama? I was kind of in and out until um, I like left 
for good ish. Yeah. Uh, uh, on my twenty fourth birthday. I so you live a different life than most than most people probably listen to this show do. You're in Panama. You're doing the rum thing. How do you think about the way you spend your time and what you pour your energy into? Because you're clearly a dude that like has a has an uh, an eye for adventure and wants to go experience things and do stuff. But I think a lot of people do that. And I think, you know, the Smith family, if you if you're not familiar is the, you know, the family behind Royal Cup, which is one of Birmingham's like greatest legacy companies has been around a long long time. You know, I personally thank your family for keeping me awake for a lot of years, a lot of really, really delicious <laughs> caffeine, right? Um, but like what I think most people are too scared to even do one tenth of the crazy shit you do. And so tell me a little bit about what makes you tick and why you think, Hey, I'm going to run down to Panama and chase Pumas. Well, you know, a lot of people always credit, uh, like the, my father's side of the family with Royal cup and stuff like that, but they often don't look at my mother's side of the family. So like, I think a lot of the, my willpower comes from like my mom and her side of the family who have, like always been travelers and and not necessarily like tourists like true travelers like enjoying traveling and everything that comes with it and so like my grandfather he um he used to be very passionate about hunting uh sheep and so he has been all over the world hunting sheep he has a double grand slam in sheep which is what like uh, it's like essentially like the big five but for for sheep um i don't know terribly too much about it (laughs) what but so he's been all over kazakhstan and afghanistan and like all of the places that now you wouldn't traditionally think to go up into the mountains of like afghanistan and he he like the mountains there are incredible and so growing up i would like look at pictures on the wall of him you know when he is like i don't know maybe in his like younger maybe in his 40s i don't know he like looks like a young man with a gigantic sheep up in the mountains of like somewhere you know beyond my ability to conceive of where it is it's like a mythical land right. so if you combine <laughs> that with um you know a healthy touch of curiosity and uh you wind up in places you, you, i've always been kind of like looking for places that i like aren't supposed to exist and I've seen, I was actually driving on the way here. I was thinking about that because you just get up on this little hill right here. And I was just thinking about all the places that have been recently and how, f- how flat Alabama can seem to be. Yeah. And about how it's such a blessing to be able to see many different areas of the world because you get exposed to things that you previously didn't know existed. Right. Like gigantic rocks shooting out of the ground. Or, you know, like, often people think about, like, Avatar and, like, the floating um, tapuis or, like, the floating islands in the sky. Right. And, you know, so I'm always on the quest of, like, there's probably a place on Earth that James Cameron saw that mimicked that and put it... It brought that, like, spark out. Yeah, Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it's uh, uh, someplace, I want to say in, like... Ecuador, somewhere in South America, because Alex Honnold, the famous climber, the guy yep. from Free Solo, I'm pretty sure he has free climbed one of them. And it's uh, like the atmosphere on the top of the Tsapui or whatever it is. 
is different than the bottle. And There's so, going to be an Avatar fan watching the show that's going to correct you. It's not yeah, Tapui. Well, yeah. I have no idea what it is. is. So she goes to show, like, uh, going back to your question, that's kind of, you know, like, I don't know a lot, but I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to figure, I'm going to stick my nose in it and I'm going to see what's going on. Got and it. so, like, that's kind of how my approach when I really approach, like, um, traveling or risk and stuff like that is, you know, a, a healthy understanding and a good curiosity. It'd be, you'll be amazed where I can take you. I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's an interesting way, but one of the, of, uh, it's an interesting way of thinking, but one of the things I heard you say there was like, it seems like you have this healthy appreciation, even driving over here. Like you've been on these other wild places and here you are in exotic Hoover, Alabama. Right. And, cool. but you, like co- but you come over here and you see, and you're able to appreciate that. And it's funny to hear you talk about Alabama being flat because you know, where I, ca- I grew up in Florida, right. Florida Super is flat. for sure flat, right? Uh-huh. And so I remember when I go back to my hometown and I ride through Pensacola and I'll ride over hills that as a child I thought these were mass. Can you imagine this hill? Right. And I just – it's like, you know, now right. like it's nothing compared right. to – but you don't really get that perspective unless you get out and travel and you see some other things. And I think that's um, – I think traveling is such an important part of understanding what it means to be human. Cause I think you don't, I think some of the, um, some of the most arrogant and, and, uh, people that feel like they have the world figured out are people that never really left their bubble. And so they kind of figured out the things that are around them, but they don't understand what it means to be human on another continent or what it means to be human in Australia or a human in place where there's there's not food Asia. there's water yeah. right yeah like, like just, just so different crazy yeah. other places and not necessarily like in third world countries but just what it means to be in another first world country but the way things are totally different yeah. like I, the first time i got a chance to go to germany um i ended up loving it but the first 24 hours i was like dude everybody here's a jerk yeah like right. i was just, just in germany and I, really yeah, yeah. yeah and what part I was in Berlin. Yeah, yeah, that's where I, that's where I was. Love it. I have loved Berlin. Berlin's phenomenal, yeah. right? But it it always takes. So I've been there, I think, three times, and it always takes me about twenty four hours to like adjust to the German way. Yeah, dude, you got to put on some techno, smoke a cigarette, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Dude, but that's once what you <laughs> once you figure <laughs> out, black. Uh, yeah, once some once you wear once you figure out that everyone's not barking at you super that's just nice. sort of yeah they're super warm and Hello. genuine <laughs> right and <laughs> they and the way. food's phenomenal yeah. and um you know it's it's just and that you find that in so many other places and i don't think you can it's easier to understand who you are as a person when you've put yourself out of your element because then you really get a chance to look at yourself the reflection of yourself and go oh man i think about things this way and that's probably a product of I grew up. My I grew up in the South, right? So I think of things a certain way, and then I go to London, and I go to Germany, or I go to Texas or California, right? Yeah. And you and you see people thinking and doing things a different way. It's not necessarily that but one's wrong, worse, right? right. Exactly. It's just different. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like that thousand ways to skin a cat type of thing. It's just like it's I mean the same thing like. Um, packing a parachute and this is going to be a twist but there's a million ways to pack parachute and what i've learned is you just shove it in there that all right (laughs) seriously my heart skipped when you said no but it's it's the same it's the same thing and you know i do think that traveling opens your eyes up because a lot of times especially in north america we can make things so complicated yeah just life itself we can make it so complicated really the end of the day it's like all you gotta do is breathe drink water eat 
and like reproduce if you're lucky. Dude, I'm you know, yeah, so but I'm like, I'm shook with what you just said. Like, so what do you mean you shove the parachute in the bag? Listen, physics is. How many a times do you think thing. you? How many times have you used a parachute in your life? Just ballpark it. Um, I've got just shy of 700 skydives, and I've got like 150 skydives. That so, the, my producer dudes over here are a little shook too. Like that's that's really not that much. You though. have a okay. We need perspective here. You have turned off the receptors in your brain that tell you what danger is. This clearly, is a good drink. this is a good <laughs> good drink. There's no salmonella in here. You all right? You need a little bit more salmonella in your life. I can already tell. I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me check. I, I need to make sure we're, our chicken's doing uh, okay. I don't have my temperature gauges in there. Speaking of salmonella, uh, oh yeah. So the idea is we're gonna try to get this done. So that you and I can enjoy this uh, rum glazed chicken. So I didn't even, usually I'm talking all about the chicken or whatever it is I'm making. What the hell's going on here? Um, and I got so into the, the discussion here with Hatton that I didn't even I didn't even dress it. Uh, we're making chicken thighs. I've got a uh, healthy amount of meat church on them. And then we're going to hit it with some Campesino rum glaze that we have also used for this. For the drink. Amazing old Which fashion. we didn't plan either. No, I we think. didn't. We definitely did not. And it just goes to show you when you just have good and quality ingredients on your hands, you can do whatever you want with them. Uh, and amen. And so, like, if you're grilling at home and you're making your cool rum glaze, why not put rum in your rum glaze? That rum glaze, I, I was eating with a spoon. It's, it's good. literally butter. <laughs> it's good. If you want the recipe, it's a stick of butter, a cup of brown sugar, and a half cup of campesino rum the sil- i went with the actually excuse you, me i went with the aged yeah, no the i went with the rum. aged um and you just boil it down till it's nice and thick and that's what we got in this bottle here if you're watching along on youtube or facebook or on spotify where they show the video you'll see um but how did you so how did how did rum become your thing you know it was really it wasn't like um intentional at all. I mean, rum has always been my thing because, like you mentioned, I grew up in the coffee business. And yeah. so anytime that we would go and visit a coffee farm, they were growing sugarcane either on the farm or, or in the area or that country's main producing spirit was rum. And so I've always been a fan of rum. I can re- actually remember the very first time I ever had a glass of rum. I was 14 in Guatemala and I was at the base of a Mayan ruin. And an old man came up to me with a glass and a bottle of rum, and he poured me straight pour, 14 years old, like no oh, facial okay. hair, yeah. no chest hair. Not like. well, You probably had it when you were done. but Yeah, no, that's how I got it. <laughs> and, and he poured me a glass, and he said, don't ever, ever mix this. And he left the bottle with me, and I snuck it back into my uh, – suitcase and flew it back and now it is at my mother's house in alabama same my first bottle of rum ever wow. i've ever had in my was life was it was it like an aged darker rum it or was it, it yeah it was an aged guatemalan rum how do you get an aged rum so rum can be very difficult to decipher for just the common eye because in rum there's the allowance of additives and so oftentimes you can get a dark rum that is not aged meaning that they just add caramel coloring to it. Yeah. So a true aged rum is actually often aged in old bourbon barrels. Oh, okay. So if you're a bourbon fan, if you can find a really nice aged rum, 
you'll probably enjoy it because it has very s similar characteristics to your, your, your favorite bourbon, but it might just have different um, notes to it that strictly come from sugarcane or the aging location. And yeah. I think that's what most people don't understand about spirits is how much of the flavor really comes from the aging process. Yes. And yes. So that's one of my it being uh, a little bit of like a liquor nerd, right? It's one of my pet peeves when new you can always tell when you look at a new liquor brand what you're dealing with when you see how long they've aged it or kind of how they, you know, so it's, it's so typical. Whiskey is one of the hardest games to get into, right? Because it takes so long to make a product that uh, you got to age it for it to be good. Right. And so if you, if you see a company that's, we're a startup distiller and we're making our whiskey, how long you been around? Well, we just started this a year ago. You know, yeah. like it's just that whiskey. Remember, you know, whiskey before it goes into the process is essentially moonshine, right? For sure. You and so, hot dog, yeah. Yeah, it's so, it's super powerful. They call that hot, right? So it's yeah. just, ah, you know, and so I, there's a bunch of whiskey brands in the South that are little guys that just said they want to get into the game and they make it and they just, they have to, because of the, the nature of running a business, they're trying to rush to get a product out so they can generate some revenue. Yeah. But by doing that, they end up with a product that like you could clean a car battery with. Right. Yeah. It's always really interesting, especially with whiskey and like the sourcing game. And yeah. you know, it's, so it's like, if you are that new distillery and you, you do need revenue and you don't have barrels that have laid down for, you know, even 36 months, you know, I think that it's like the sourcing game and you, cause that's what we do. We, yeah. we find rum all over the world. And from, from my perspective, from the rum world, I think it's awesome what we do because it allows us to be like an encyclopedia to to rum but i think with whiskey it's more difficult because bourbon especially is uh really defined by regulation of this is bourbon right yeah new american yes 51 scotch is the same Exa way exactly it's so regulated that if you are a new distillery and then you're coming on and then you're trying to also source a product to bring into the market um there's not a lot of variety Right. And oftentimes people go to the exact same place in Indiana. And so yep. it doesn't really create a lot of value for the consumer. Right. And so that's why you see, I feel like you see a lot of these finishings coming through. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, this is an eight year Indiana bourbon finished in XYZ at a certain place. And I think that's a little bit more intriguing when it comes to whiskey, because it, it does add like another element to it. But I really think that, especially for a consumer base, like th this, this whole bourbon community really needs to look into rum because it has all of the things that I feel like that whole community is really interested in, Yep. but with just like a little more complexity. And so like looking at an aged rum from like one of the um, like French islands, like Martinique, and looking at an aged rum from one of the traditionally Spanish islands, you know, like uh, Cuba, yeah. like those two rums are going to be so completely different. And so... And what's that a product of? Just like... The, the environment. Yeah. Yeah, the places. Like, that's why I think, I think rum is so cool, because it's a true representation of a place. It's closer, in my mind, more aligned to something like coffee or yeah. wine. You know, a wine from California and a wine from Italy aren't going to taste the same. A coffee from Brazil and a coffee from Indonesia aren't going to taste the same. 
And, you know, you can say that almost like about everything. And it goes back to the same thing we were talking about with traveling. Yeah. You know, like a person from here we are in Alabama and a person from somewhere in Southeast Asia are going to be completely different people. And so for the, you know, for you as a person to be able to try different cultures, but also try different products, I think like the products from the places are a part of it. And so like that's kind of my real goal with the company is to be like a person's passport to the world through Rome. And so oh, I'd rather yeah. create like a, almost like a, like an avatar type situation, like a, like a movie. Like that's kind of how I think about the company is it's being its like own little like 3D world where, you know, once you drink half a bottle of rum, you're, you're there, you know, <laughs> it's like, that's your passport to, to this alternate universe where, you know, you can discover all these different types of. Uh, new experiences and wonders and beautiful things and, you know, discover new environments that you didn't think were real. Right. Because if you think about rum, it occurs between the, the two tropics lines, uh, or that's where sugarcane is, you know, mostly <coughs> grown. So it just un, un, un opens your world if you're a, like a rum traveler to just the, the coolest places. Out there. It's so, it's so cool like to have you talk <laughs> about that because you, yeah, we, we definitely need to hit some more. So, um, that old fashioned, by the way, I've never. I don't think I've ever had butter in a drink. Oh, so good! It just it gave it like, a, like a depth. A, yeah, it's like fat washing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I do when I take a bath every night. <laughs> but um, so the that's funny. what's what's so interesting about the way you talk about rum is like I am a hundred percent a whiskey nerd, and the. The, it's easy to turn your nose up at other types of spirits because you don't understand the artisanship behind them. And when you're, um, I'll give an example. When I talk to somebody about whiskey and bourbon and the only exposure that they've had to whiskey is Jack Daniels um, or some rot gut, you know, from the, from the bottom shelf of the grocery store, they don't understand the artisanship that goes behind it. If your uh, experience with rum has only been um, Bacardi, Captain Morgan, Captain Morgan Spice Rum yeah. coming in reverse after a party in college, right? Yeah, and that, that's the main competition. We yeah, deal with, is people having adverse side effects to rum. I think gin's the same way. So, like, I had a buddy of mine that's a big gin guy, and I was like, "Dude, I don't, I don't do gin." Yeah. And he was like, "Just give me a minute and let me." And then some you, amazing gin. Out there, there is, yeah. but it's not. The stuff that you're typically, I mean, in my head, gin was funky, was like black licorice vodka is what I thought. And I then thought some it tasted like a, like a, like a pine cone. <laughs> First time I ever had gin was uh, this this gin this 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 dude, glaze. That stuff's good. It's good, but it is set up. We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to send somebody to the microwave. Yeah. So you know, when. Starting Campesino and then throughout uh, the development of the brand, the continuation of the brand, even to the point we are today, like I've always really taken a world view at it. We aspire to be a worldwide brand. And so looking at a market like the UK, the consumer over there is much more well-educated and used to drinking rum than in the United States. Interesting. And like they don't – they're not big bourbon consumers. They, they you know, they have – they're, they're really drinking a lot of rum, a lot of gin, a lot of scotch. They're, they're actually, they don't even drink a whole lot of vodka, which was interesting. really interesting to me. Uh, it was more rum, it was more gin, and it was more scotch. And so I always try to you know, take an annual or maybe every two years I'll go and I'll take a bit of just like a research journey. And it, 
not always looks like that on the I'm outside. Doing, I'm doing research yeah, right, right now. Right? I'm right? doing research right well, now. I think it's probably the probably the most important thing that goes into creating a brand or creating a product, or creating a company is, you know, sometimes you can find arbitrage where there is something that's happening in a place that is working really, really well that at your place where you're from has never even heard of it. Hmm. Story of Red Bull. Yeah. Oh, tell, tell that story real quick. Um, I always forget the guy's name, but he's a legend. The guy okay. started, or the guy who, so he found a, and I'm probably butchering this, but he, f- he, there was a Chinese energy drink that he brought. I'm pretty sure he was from the Netherlands or maybe it was German. I forget. Doesn't matter. Oh, it definitely matters. Oh, because <laughs> he, he actually, he just, di- he just died. He was a legend in the uh, beverage game, but wow. he licensed this drink and he, and he brought it worldwide. And so, like, it just goes to show, like, this was a com- this was a common thing in in China, and to drink like a mega caffeinated beverage. Um, yeah, and I and honestly, I, I wish they would make like a really cool documentary about Red Bull. Interesting, it's such a cool brand. It, it really, really set the pace really for what there's like a million wannabes now, mm-hmm. right? And the the wannabes are crushing it too. And yeah. Red Bull crushes it. I Red mean, Bulls, like it's a, it's a cultural thing now. It's so big. Yeah, for sure. So what's the what's the what's the vision for? Thank you, Jacob. So what's the vision for Campesino? Right. I mean, you you have started a liquor brand, and I, I want to say this, and I'm not saying this because Hatton is here. Okay, I would have said this on my own accord. This is this is my favorite type of rum. Before I even met you, um, I had it. I read an article about you and what you guys are doing at Campesino. Don't don't finish it all. Give me a little <laughs> bit. And don't worry, I, I okay. Try. I figured you probably have some everywhere you go. But I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a try, and it's fantastic. Like it is, it tastes clean. It tastes like you're getting the you're getting when you when you taste something that you feel like doesn't have something that's trying to make it too sweet. Or two, whatever. Right. Like it's trying to lean too far into something. Um, I think you can. Your palate instinctively kind of knows that. And so when I had it the first time, I was like, "Dude, this isn't some kind of gimmicky." Like this kid, Hatton wants to like say he's rum CEO and and hit on chicks at the bar. <laughs> like he probably still does that too. But no, like, I definitely. Well, I mean, I but like, know, but. but it's great. It's great rum. And so I think um, great businesses come from. Phase one, great vision, right? Phase two, great execution. You got a great, you got a great product here. You get a great product. Phase three is okay. How do we scale? How do we get this great product in more places? So where is Campesino Rum available currently? Uh, we're available in Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, and just now Arkansas. Exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool, and it's it's a like going back to what we were talking about with travel as well, it's just a really beautiful opportunity. I'm su- super fortunate for a million things, grateful just but just to be able to like travel around and see different parts of the southeast that not everybody even from here would go and see right. because like you said earlier, you know, Alabama's so flat. It's actually not that true. Like oh, there's a lot of yeah, northeast Alabama there's there's even a few cliffs out there, believe yeah. it or not. And the more the further you go on 65, the the more topography you see. Yeah, for sure. Like even going up in like this one place I've really been kind of checking out is um, Little River Canyon. 
Oh, I've heard you of ever that. been up there? No, I know I've heard of it, but I don't it's know where cool. that is. Very cool. Not really touristy either. Yeah. There's just so many hidden gems in the world, especially a state like Arkansas. Dude, Arkansas, most underrated state. Really? For sure. Like, I'm not even kidding, for sure. I haven't even been there very long. Yeah. I, I have, I've only spent... What's great about it? The Ozark Mountains. Okay. Uh, Bentonville is, like, the number one, like, BMX, like, mountain biking city in the world. Like, in the world. Like, it's insane, the type of mountain biking, they like, investment into mountain biking. Um, really? Yeah. They ha- It's just, like, it's got a lot of uh, space. <laughs> I mean, I know this is a weird thing to say, but it's like, I love, I love landscapes. Yeah, I, yeah. I love places with just like. So New York's <laughs> not your thing, right? I actually used to live in New York. Yeah. And I think it's it is its own landscape for sure. Okay. And like, so that's uh, a different way of thinking about it. Like for sure, buildings and concrete and man-made stuff is like it's a different type of landscape. Right. And I know we were like not technically supposed to talk about it, but urban base jumping great example of we're that. we can definitely <laughs> talk about it and if people are looking at your social media which is at c-a-p-t rum coffee the whole reason that hatton is on this show <laughs> is because i read about him and i was like "Ooh, an entrepreneur who started a liquor brand i'm interested in this guy find him on social media and i hit the follow button and holy hell like you jumping off of buildings, jumping off of cliffs. Hey, today I'm in Zimbabwe and I just ate uh, a you know a, an ostrich egg, and I'm jumping, I'm rolling down the Lahuti Hills or whatever, you know, whatever, right? So you should definitely follow Hatton. I you I saw you on thing. I was like, I this dude is either this is either a PR <laughs> thing where someone has created a character. And I'm I'm not in on the joke, or you, you, you live are, you are now. I was, so, yeah, right, but I <laughs> but like or you live the coolest life ever. And I I think uh, more people should follow you on social media. Like, ah. well, it's I love videos, and that's a whole other thing. But when you get up into uh, like an urban environment, the urban environment can just as much be as a beautiful, breathtaking environment as like a landscape yeah. up in the mountains. It, like elev- a little bit of elevation is so underrated. It's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough. Well, for a guy like me that grew up in Florida, where ten feet was like, ooh, for sure, my nose bleeding. Yeah, but let me you tell know, you, know, like <laughs> downtown Miami, it's got some sick buildings. Uh, for sure. And so you, so it's up, ma- it's man made. Yeah, right? I know, but you get up into the Miami skyline because you know, yeah, it's it's done you a go. lot of work down there, and uh, <laughs> you know, you look over down, you look, you get on a high enough building in downtown Brickell, and you look out over there, and it's mind, it's breathtaking. It's so, it's so beautiful. Like, there's a reason why you know people live in penthouses. Yeah, like it's, it's a really cool, that's a really cool thing. I think it's like a different see. feeling you get in your body when you're that high. <laughs> yeah. up, right. You think like I, I've, I've seen these videos of people that live in these like tops top floor penthouses in new york overlooking central park and i'm like does your like when you sleep in those penthouses does your body know that it's that it's that far um, up off the ground yeah. do you just just as a human being do you instinctively know or do you just get normalized to it and you go eh, whatever you yeah. probably get normalized i think it's just offers perspective probably like depends when, on the windows when you have place, yeah, right? right but i feel like and this goes with you know multifaceted multi dimensional type of thing but if you get far enough away from something and you yeah. can see it you can understand it a lot better 
And so I think that it's like one of the beauties that Base Jumping offers is it offers this opportunity for you to kind of see everything out there. What is Base Jumping, by the way, for people that don't know? Uh, it's a fixed object jumping. So it would be different than skydiving where you jump from an airplane, but in Base Jumping you either jump for it. It's like how annoyed you look. by <laughs> He's like, oh, God, I'll explain no, I, it to you. I got to remember what well, it's like, you know, the, it's a definition. It's actually an acronym. You probably didn't. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. It's an acronym. It stands for building, antenna, span, which means like a bridge, or earth. Wow. Yeah. And so okay. you either jump from a building, a antenna, like a cell phone antenna, uh, a bridge, a span, like anything that connects one. Have you jumped from all of these? Yep. You have. Yeah, and actually. Uh, favorite jump you've done so far. I want to hear that. Come on, just give me, or just give me one of your favorites. Look, you get this. Uh, Holy shit, what is that? It's a license to kill, my friend. <laughs> base jumper, United States Base Association. So you get a, so you have to be given a card. What does this card do for you? <laughs> because I, I don't uh, know that. What were you saying about uh, talking to chicks at the bar? <laughs> 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 I'm, just I'm just kidding. No, you're not kidding. <laughs> let's put let's put this on display. No, no, no. Right by the <laughs> Campesino Rum. So That's funny. I mean, okay. <laughs> so. Now that the rum's kicking in and we're getting loose and things are flowing. You ready to go jump off a building? I'm not ready to jump <laughs> off a building. Like, I need – I would need – I'm not sure what Listen, I would I got a lot of that. rum in the truck. Like, <laughs> but here's the question. Like, you – the Smith family and Royal Cup, that's a generational entrepreneurship story. And how, when was Royal Cup founded? Um, it's 1896. 1896. Yeah. Okay. Founded by? So it was actually founded by a guy named Henry Batterton. Okay. So at one point in time, it used to be the Batterton Coffee Company. And so it didn't come into really um, our family until Henry Batterton died in a car crash. He died in a car crash, and my grandfather ended up. Uh, Grandfather's name was? Uh, William Eugene Smith. William Eugene Smith. Mm-hmm. The first. The first. <laughs> the only. Um, no, because there's a William Eugene Smith. Oh, wow. Excuse Junior, me. and there's a William Eugene Smith um, the third. And there's also a Hatton Colburn Valentine, a Hatton Colburn Valentine Smith, who's my father. And I'm actually Hatton Colburn Valentine Smith the second. So I think a lot of people that click on this show, by the way, are going to be thinking your father's a pretty well-known dude. Everybody known for jumping on, known for jumping on tables and doing crazy wild things. And yeah, uh, he does jump on tables. He jumps on tables, and And I'd love to have him on the show sometime. But I'm starting with, (laughs) I'm starting with Rum Hatton because that's kind of the kind of guy I am. But like, I mean, Royal Cup is a generational success story, and what's so impressive to me, right, is when you watch. Um, people, most people are not successful. A smaller subset of people can become successful for a period of time. A much smaller group of people can become successful over their lifetime. An infinitesimally smaller group of people can watch their children and their children's children do great things before somebody lies in the street in a pile of cocaine and they've and they've For wasted sure. their wa- life away or so, rum <laughs> or rum no listen rum rum might be the fuel to do the good stuff no, right no, i don't no. know no we, that's a good point though it's but true. what sort of things did you learn from your dad and your dad's dad 
that drives you because you could have easily Hatton been a dude who just goes around and flashes that green base jump card out at girls at the bar <laughs> right you no, didn't I'll have save to save it for podcasts no. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't have to be a guy that starts a company and is like trying to change the way people think about a, an a, like a centuries centuries and centuries old concept of rum right and you're trying to change the way people think about it and you've kicked out a really great product like where does that come from because to me it has to come from like what you learned from your dad what you've learned from like what your dad's dad did like, well, where, where does that philosophy come from i don't know i've never met my grandfather he died when my dad was um i think like really young like 18 or 20 or something like that yeah. and so uh very grateful for my family and for my father and we're you know we're very different in a, lot of, in a lot of different ways. Okay. You jump off of things. For sure. He, he jumps off he tables, jumps, you jump off of buildings. On, he jumps on tables. He jumps on tables, yeah. you jump off buildings. I'm going to remember that next yeah. time he asks me a question. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think when it comes down, especially what he does, uh, is like there's a lot of discipline and there's a lot of energy. Yeah. And so when you – it's just like a pressure washer, you know, when you funnel a lot of energy through a tight – window of discipline you can get a very strong thing come out of it and so if i was to self-critique myself and i'm sure you know my dad loves that as well because he does it to himself does it to me but he would say that i need more discipline yeah and so for anything for any especially when it comes to family businesses or uh, long companies or just ways of doing things you need to be a little bit german you know what I mean? You need to be a little bit Swiss. You need to have a little <laughs> bit of discipline because it just doesn't get done. I didn't like, but I totally get what you're saying. You know what I mean? I know exactly For what sure. you mean. And that's why I love Switzerland. You need to be a little Swiss bit German. German. Yeah. Well, I love the Swiss German because then it's like you get a little bit of Switzerland, you get a little bit of Germany. You know, it was a safe haven during World War II. And so it's like, this is a place where we get things done in the mountains. And that's why I love that there. But, you know, if, if, if Campesino works, and it does, dude. It's working. What are you talking about? For if sh- for sure, but if it, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by what you just said right there, because to me, this is this is. Let's talk about this for a second, and I need to go glaze the chicken in a second. But I'm, this is we're we're in a good moment, so I'm gonna keep rolling with it. You have an amazing product, two two products. You have an aged, and you have a silver, that I don't have on my table here. Because I called you over here to come hang out, I got I was able to buy some in the store, and I'm able to buy some in the store in a bunch of different states, and so like the average person that has not started a business listening to you say that would be like it's already worked, right? And so I'm curious to know what your definition of Campesino Works actually means. Uh, since the beginning, since the start of the company in uh, August 2019, my mission is to change the way that people think about rum. How do you measure that? Um, you measure it with the um, openness to explore a non-additive rum. And so like a true drinker's rum. A non-additive rum. Okay. Yeah. So Does the average person know what that is? Or probably did, not. Probably I not. I don't know if they ever will. Is that your mission? To get people to know? Um, n- my mission is to really change the rum world like you've seen it and and that's a really really broad thing to say but you've seen it happen in bourbon yeah from jack daniels or 
you know, like rot gut, like you mentioned before. So, I mean, dude, your bourbon cabinet's insane, you know? Yeah. And, like, also, it's insane for Alabama, which is. Oh, I've been in ones that make me look like an amateur. For sure. Like, you go to Kentucky and there's this crazy. Same thing would happen with tequila. You know, one point in time, it was just. Oh, it's tequila, you know, it's a shot thing, you know, yeah, it's whatever, right. whatever, whatever. Suck the lime, yeah, whatever. Don yeah, Don Julio, and then Patron came through. Yep. And Patron was different. And Sammy Hagar did his thing. Yeah, and he was a blip on a map compared to a guy like George Clooney with Correct. Casamigos. Correct. And, you know, who's almost about to be outshined by The Rock with Terramana. And, you know, like Crazy. both of those are not additive free. Right? So as like this is, – is that going to be the mission? Because I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But you just see brands that come through, and they just change a category, and that's what we want to do with rum. I we want to come through the rum category, and we, we want to just disrupt it and change it and, and really bleed it down into the, like, down to the consumer level where now people's opinions of rum are different, and they drink rums for different reasons. I love it. All right. I want you to help me glaze this chicken. So let's walk yeah. away. I'm not going to step on my dog who's down under my feet. You probably heard her barking earlier. Uh, so the chicken is almost ready. Man, it is pretty much ready. So we're going to glaze these bad boys here. I'm going to let Hatton do some of the honors right. here. Whoa, whoa. You know, I've never been famous for my, for my cooking. Yep. This is so the glaze. Yeah, let's, un- let's undo the thing. Yeah, the glaze... Just pour it. There you go. So, guys, this glaze, again, one stick of butter, one cup of brown sugar, and then a half cup of Campesino aged rum was phenomenal. It tasted like uh, the candies that your grandma gave you back on Christmas. Hatton's doing a pretty good. This is the first time in the history of Slow Smoke Business that someone else has been doing the work at the grill. So I want to no, just dude, I just want to just throw some love to Hatton Smith right now. I'll, I'll say I've never been famous. That's probably why I don't have a girlfriend. I've never been famous for my cooking. So uh, you get what you get and you eat it. You get what you get and you don't put your fit like that. See that. That was, but that's probably gonna be the best one. All right, probably. so let's. He just we just had like a. Alex, can you see that on the camera right there? It's make it. That's good. All right, so we're gonna. I'm this gonna empty the. Fantastic. I'm gonna empty the glaze out. And uh, my grill is going to be a smoky mess after I'm done with this, because all the sugars that and everything. That is so good. But we're going to let that. We're going to. Oh man, we're going to let that settle up, and uh, we're going to be eating some chicken in just a second. So this is already one of my favorite episodes of all time. By the way, it's probably because you're drinking rum. It's probably because I'm drinking <laughs> rum. But you know, you. I, I still don't think I fully understand like the vision. You want to change the way people. You want to change the way people think about rum, but if you like. So, what does that mean exactly? Does that mean that you can go to any bar in America and order a Campesino on ice, and they know what, they know what they're asking for, or does that mean that there's a million little, Campesino becomes the name brand? Oh, that's the good rum. I really, I really want to be the entryway. Okay. So like the gateway drug. Okay. So, I mean, it's less about campesino. It's more about rum. So you're not doing it for the money. You're doing it for the, the game. <laughs> I mean, dude, what would I do with a, a bunch of money but what I'm already doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and, and if we gave you a billion dollars, 
you would probably jump off a taller building. I was actually thinking about this last night. It's funny you brought it up. Right now, we're in Alabama, and it is, what, mid-November, early yeah. November, something like yep. that. The conditions are optimal if you're a uh, foliage seeker. Foliage seeker. Okay, for yeah. For sure, right? Yeah. Looking for pretty colors and trees. Seen, seen, seen a decent amount of foliage in my day. I'm looking for other stuff. So, if <laughs> the only thing... What does that, that mean? I, means if only thing I would do differently if I had a billion dollars would be i would go and i would probably dedicate like either one year or two years or however long it takes and i would commit to conditions and so i would travel around the world and i would find off the 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 peak conditions for whatever it is i wanted to do at that particular time and i asked someone this last night and i'll ask that question to you before your grill catches on fire do you smell the smoke (laughs) right i smell this the burning sugar (laughs) for sure is where do you go this time of the year? If you do have a billion dollars, where are the peak conditions? Mm. Because uh, Europe is similar. Yeah. Have you ever spent a lot of time in the southern hemisphere? No. Well, it's spring right now. Oh. In some so the southern hemisphere is huge. So there's places like Australia. There's places like South Africa. Yeah, there's yeah. places like uh, the Seychelles. There's places like Brazil. You ever been to Brazil? No, I have not. Put it on your list. Really? Anyone watching, put Brazil on your list. Brazil's it's on the list. For sure. It's flight's expensive, but once you're in country, it's cheap. I don't think the average person understands. Like, the flight is expensive. I don't think the average person under. I'm a little nervous about the smoke, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Hold on. Like let me I, check the dude, chicken here. I swear, like I it's said, It's getting man, a little. Once you gave me the. Oh, oh, man. That looks so good, though. All right. Let's get these chickens off of here, because I'm, <laughs> I'm a little nervous that the chicken's Those definitely done. But I'm, if we, I'm, I don't want to call the Hoover Hoover Fire Department. I would. But call the. Who would, you, who would you call? No, I would. Yeah, no. If if we did a podcast and uh, you had to call the cops because <laughs> I was here. How does Hatton not have a podcast? That's what I want to know. You probably not. You're not in the same place long enough to do a podcast. Uh yeah no. Nah. Dude, yeah. this. Are if you're not, listen, if there was ever an episode. To say, oh, I gotta watch the video of this. This is the one. That looks good. It, it, it really does. It really does. You guys getting some close shots of this? Ooh. Ooh, baby. Those look so good. Yeah, well, we're about to dig in. We're going to let them cool for just a second, and then we're going to hit some rum glazed. This is an all-timer for slow smoke business. So, Hatton, like, man, let's make some room on this table. Hatton, what would you say to people if you've got somebody watching this show and they're like, man, I want to I want to start a business I want to like live. I got a. I got a vision. Hatton is into rum, but I'm into something else. Right. I'm into blank. Right? right. What would you say to that person? Um, it's funny. Somebody asked me that yesterday. Uh, I would always recommend. Not everybody is meant to jump off a cliff. Not everybody. Yeah. Re- not everyone is meant to start a business. To do a very critical self-assessment because it's a. Tremendous amount of risk. 
Yeah. That you don't only take one for yourself, but you also take one for your family and your loved ones. So I can do all this stuff because I'm single. Yep. I don't like have a lot to lose. So when you don't have a lot to lose, you have a lot of freedom to do risk things. Um, but number two would be to find out what you, you know, cl- sort of classic like like to do, whatever yeah. that passion is, because you're going to do a lot of it. And it's going to be a marathon. And don't try and sprint it out because I tried to sprint it out in the earlier days. And like drinking, believe it or not, drinking rum every day can kick your ass. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine being productive that way. By the way, uh, Matthew, if you could turn the grill off because it is that <laughs> it just hit the power button right there. We got a pellet grill so we can hit the power. Yeah, the, the – uh, the sugars on that are making this making this a very smoky affair here. Thank you, sir. I hope the cops come. Yeah. It's, well, I don't know if the cops will come. We get loud, the cops will come. If we get smoky, the fire department will come. Which, I, I, you know, I had a party once in the fire department. Did you know that a fog machine will set off a smoke alarm? What? Yep. I did not know that. <laughs> now you know. If you, if you <laughs> fog it up enough... Yeah, so yeah, one day I fogged it up enough. Wow. So so that's the that's the, the yeah, look, here's the thing. We're about to get into this chicken and I gotta have a fresh pour. Holy moly, did we kill this thing? I don't know. We did. Oh my gosh. All right. This is what they do in the uh fancy culture. Oh Ooh, actually there's a little bit more in it. Put that in your glass. What are you doing? So all right. Here you go. Here's you a here's you a knife and a fork. We're going to just pick one of these bad boys, and we're going to dig in, and we're going to see what we got. What are you doing? You're throwing it upside down? <laughs> yeah, so th- that's uh, that's the move. And see, that's how you can tell if there's really – Ooh. Sometimes you got to – Oh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, Hatton Smith, Campesino rum founder. Bottles up. I love it. And this bottle, you said, is uh, is an OG bottle. Yep, that's one of the originals. That's one of the originals, and I did not even realize that when I bought it. That's awesome. Save it. I'm going to. Tell your friends. Can I get you to sign it? For sure. Hell yeah. All right. Grab the fork and knife. Let's go in. You know, I'm, I'm really honestly not very much of a fork and knife guy. You're not? Oh, what is about to happen right now? He's taking his jacket off. He's got the Campesino <laughs> shirt on. What? I'm gonna, hold on. What's about to happen? He's not a fork and knife guy. You're about to burn your fingers. Yeah. He's going to go chicken skin. You got the glaze on the top. This is an all-timer for the Slow Smoke Business Show. This thing is hot. Yeah. What do you think? On the, do you, can you taste the glaze, or are you only getting the, the rub? Mm. In case anybody wants to know whether or not what we make on this show is actually any good, let them know. Mm. Super good. Oh, my God. So... Whoa, that's, that's Dude, you great. get the, you get the sugary rum reduction on the top, and then the smoky kind of salty, briny for sure chicken and the meat. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, you got to be stuck in uh, rainy November. <laughs> that's right. So drink, it's raining drink out here. At, drink rum at ten a.m. Drink rum at ten a.m. So this is a yeah. We did this at ten a.m. Also, not something 
I could have done if I was not employed by myself, uh, but, but this works. Benefits. <laughs> there are benefits of the risk-taking. All right, so last piece of advice you're going to leave to people. Somebody here, he's 22 years old, he's whatever, he's in a place in his life where he's like, I'm trying to decide what I want to do with my life. It's way more fun. Just do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Just go. So you You'll just figure it out. Just like, go for it. Just the, just the start. Hu- the human is so capable, so much more than I think the human realizes that, man, yeah, like whether it's in athletics or in entrepreneurship or in anything you want to do, just do it. Like oh Nike, Nike nailed it. Just go for it. Send it. I love it. Talk to the pretty girl. Jump start off the, the building. Start the business. Jump start off the, the building. building. Worst thing happens is you die, and that's it. All right. Before we go, first of all, clink the glass one more time. Campesina rum, especially the aged rum, salud. is salute is uh, five levels of incredible. Thank you. Um, if you don't like rum, you will like this. Go check it out. Campesino rum, available in all sorts of states in the southeast. More coming, right? And where can they where can they f- uh, find this brand online? Uh, at Campesino Rum. Also, if you're not in any of the states we distribute, you can go to shopcampesinorum.com. We'll ship it right to your door. Campesino spells C-A-M-P, like camp, E-S-I-N-O, Campesino. For sure. What's the name? What Where'd that name come from, by the way? So it actually means farmer. Oh, yeah. nice. So, like, when I was living down in Panama, I uh, used to kind of like live out on like the very back section of this farm and the only guys that would live farther back in there and it backs up to the jungle were the campesinos and so like those became like my uncles nice. they became like they were my neighbors they would come by we would trade rum for food they became like my drinking buddies and so because of that that's Campesino. why yeah i love it yep absolutely that's legit all right and if they want to follow you on social media where do they find you uh, Captain Rum Coffee. C A P T R U M C O F E E. Captain Rum Coffee. Yep. And watch him jump off of things, most of them authorized. Not, ne- <laughs> Not necessarily. Hey, listen. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Oh, my God. Okay. Folks, this has been an all timer episode of Slow Smoke Business. Uh, if you found something valuable in this episode, hell, even if you didn't. Uh, please tell your friends. Send it to somebody who might get some value out of it. Follow us on social media. Like, follow, five stars, all the good things. And we'll see you next time on Slow Smoke Business. Thank you, Haddon. It's good. <laughs> it really is. <laughs>